You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers kick off the Archie Miller era with a 93-62 exhibition win over visiting Marion. Uh, It was a really solid first performance for the Hoosiers, Uh, and we're going to break it all down for you here on the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I am your host, Jared Morris. I will be joined tonight by Andy Bottoms, and let's just hop right into it. Let's kick this episode of the Assembly Call off how we kick every episode off, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And I tell you what, you know, for my banner moment tonight, I'm going to go all the way back to the very first possession of the game because we have talked all offseason about defense and about the impact that we all hope that Archie Miller will have on the Indiana defense. And I thought... Right off the bat from the first possession, we saw it. That very first possession, it was extremely solid defense. Indiana didn't allow any penetration, which is what the pack line defense is supposed to prevent. They forced Marion to go deep into the shot clock. A Marion guy did try to drive into the lane. Some quick hands by Indiana knocked the ball out. You saw Deron Davis dive on the floor. The ball ended up going out of bounds. There were only three seconds left in the shot clock, and so Marion gets the ball in, and Indiana forces an air ball. It was really just about the most auspicious defensive beginning that you could have for Indiana. And I know, I know, you know, Marion is not a great team and they don't have the athletes to challenge Indiana and all of that. But just the attention to detail and guys being in the right position and guys helping each other out and Duran diving for the loose ball, it was just really great to see, right? And then the next possession, Indiana forces a steal. So right off the bat, Indiana's playing great defense. Now, We obviously have to note that as that first sequence before the TV timeout went on and Indiana got tired, you started to see some of the bad habits come in. And Marion actually led 13 to 8 tonight at that first TV timeout because they went on that 8-0 run right before it. And so you kind of start to think, well, wait a minute, is the defense really improved? Well, the rest of the game showed that those first few possessions were really more indicative of how Indiana would play defense than the last few in that sequence. And so, look, we know that the biggest turnaround that needs to happen for this program is to become consistent defensively. And I thought what we saw right out of the gate was exactly what we wanted to see from this team and this program. And that is tonight's banner moment and our banner moment as always is brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Proud an Indiana-based t-shirt and apparel company that is by Hoosiers for Hoosiers and you may be wondering why should I check out HoosierProud.com and I will be happy to give you three reasons why you should check out HoosierProud.com and number one is their designs Hoosier Proud has officially licensed IU gear that is new so you can go there and find official IU gear and they also have a bunch of really cool and interesting designs in fact like the one that I'm wearing under my little jacket today uh, my Indiana Bicentennial shirt which I love Uh, and they are the official provider of our assembly call logo t-shirt so you can get those there as well the number two reason 
season is their philanthropy. Hoosier Proud donates a portion of the revenue from their t-shirt sales to specific Indiana-based charities. Go to their website to find out which charities. And the number three reason to visit HoosierProud.com is their generosity. Connor and the team at Hoosier Proud love what we do here at the Assembly Call, which is why they sponsor our show and give our listeners 15% off. All you have to do is use the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-O-Y at checkout, and you will get 15% off your entire order. That's promo code ASSEMBLY. Check them out at HoosierProud.com. All righty. Well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team, which tonight is one man. Andy Bottoms, and his Bottoms line is brought to us by IUTickets.shop, the URL to use when you want the best prices on IU basketball tickets. Mr. Bottoms, what is your Bottoms line from tonight's IU victory? Different ways to go. I, I definitely thought about going with the defense. Seeing Archie get so angry at missed defensive assignments on the sidelines was a uh, w- was nice to watch, but uh, it, it would be hard not to talk about Devontae Green and not for the purpose of giving you a hard time about our, our back and forth about him uh, the other night, but but simply because he he played a fantastic game. 22 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. Uh, did have a couple turnovers, but but really played under control and did so many things well uh, on both ends of the floor. It just was uh, really, for the most part, seemed in control. There was a, you know, a, a pull-up 3 from uh, you know, Seymour, I think, that Archie didn't really quite appreciate. But uh, other than that, uh, I thought he did a really good job, played under control, did a great job of setting up teammates. And I think you start to see, you know, again, as we've kind of talked about, he's the kind of guy that I think Archie likes, the kind of guy that he's had success with uh, at Dayton. And and again, going back to the, you know, we're kind of beating this gold jersey thing into the ground. But one of the, you know, kind of tenets of that whole idea was that you play how you practice. And for a guy who had been lauded for his his play in in practice that showed up in the scrimmage and it showed up tonight. And I think there's uh, a lot of validity to that approach. Now, what happens when Colin Hartman is healthy enough to play and whether he remains in the starting lineup uh, is hard to say. But he's uh, he's sure making a good he's he seems to be on the path to making a really tough decision not to put him in there. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. But I, I thought a really, really strong all around game from him uh, over the course of the game seemed to have you know, kind of boundless energy, even as the game got late and things were there, he was still out pressuring guys on the perimeter. Um, and I think, you know, a guy that, it, it, you know, just seems like he'd be fun to play with. Uh, if you're one of the big guys, he set a lot of them up for some, uh, for some nice, easy baskets. And and when IU was really settling for threes earlier, I thought he helped them get out of that to a certain extent by being a little bit more aggressive. And I think people followed his lead. Yeah, you know, and in fairness to myself, you know, what I said about Devontae was simply... You don't have to defend yourself. It's fine. (laughs) What I I said was simply that we needed to see it from him, you know, in a situation that wasn't, you know, kind of a scrimmage, you know, type situation because we saw him succeed in that last year. And look, I mean, if he keeps playing like this, it's undeniable. He's got to be on the floor and he played the most minutes for Indiana tonight. He played 30 and he was the catalyst. I mean, there's no question about it. And you are not going to be able to keep him off the floor if he keeps playing like this with consistency. And if he's ready to do that as a sophomore, then he's ready to obviously step into a bigger role. Uh, and we will see him do that, I'm sure. All right, you are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms, breaking down Indiana's exhibition victory over Marion. And Andy, I want to talk about Robert Johnson because you know I, I think a storyline coming out of this game may be you know Robert Johnson, who's going to be expected to, to you know lead Indiana in scoring and have a big senior year. 
only scored six points. He was only three of 13 from the field. He was 0 of 5 from downtown. And I think you can look at that and be disappointed. And I think it's fair to be disappointed because I don't think Indiana is going to win a lot of games against good teams this year when he only scores six points. But I actually thought that Robert played a pretty good game. And I, I think in this case, I don't think points were really the best metric to gauge his impact because, you know, he ended with five rebounds. He did have four assists. Very importantly, he played 26 minutes without turning it over. Uh, and Josh Newkirk joined him in that playing 26 minutes without turning it over. So that's encouraging. And I thought in the first half early, you know, Indiana's offense was really scuffling. Hard to remember when you put up 93 points, but they really were. And there are, I think, four straight possessions where Indiana took threes, you know, pretty early in the possession, didn't really probe the defense, kind of lazy. And I thought Robert was one of the catalysts for Indiana starting to drive the ball more and really push the offense more and try and get inside uh, the lane and do more things like that. Now, he got some good looks. They didn't fall. He's going to need to make those. But I just, for a guy who is being relied on so much today, I think, or, or this season, I think it would be very easy to look at the box score and think he had a bad game. And again, he's got to score more, but I didn't think he particularly played badly. I just thought he didn't really make shots that he would hopefully normally make. Do you agree? I think that's fair. I mean, you're you're probably going to the wrong uh, you're probably going to the wrong person if you think that somebody's going to disagree with. Hey, he still played okay, even though he shot that <laughs> way. But um, no, I, I would tend to I would tend to agree. I, I think. Um, he got good shots. I didn't feel like he four shots. And in that little stretch that you talked about, one of the threes they did make was a Juwan Morgan three that that was off of a kick out from him, you know, driving the ball a little bit. And I think, you know, that was an example to me of, you know, you're not going to get away from taking three pointers. It's a big part of the game. But I think it was how those were, uh, you know, kind of cultivated through through what was happening on offense that that was a good example of, I think, how they want to be able to shoot those. And I think in perspective, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I take away because I didn't think, you know, we kind of wrote off some of his, you know, he, he hit some shots in the scrimmage, but not not a ton. I think that was written off in large part due to the, you know, kind of the way those teams were constructed. So if there's anything that I walk away even a little bit concerned about, it's that, you know, in the two times we've really watched him, hasn't shot the ball all that well. Um, and you said you noticed something a little bit different with this shot. So you're, you maybe are filling in as the uh, the resident, uh, you know, the on-call shot doctor with Ryan not here. But um, I, I think, yeah I, yeah, I did think overall he, he did things well. And I don't really feel like he forced the action. And, and so I don't think the fact that he wasn't shooting the ball uh, well had a negative impact on his game. And I think that part is positive I, in the sense that, I use not going to survive a ton of three of 13 shooting nights from him over the course of the season. when you're playing better competition, you can certainly survive that in an exhibition game. You can certainly survive that in, you know, the eight, you know, lesser caliber non-conference games, probably not. So uh, perhaps good. He's just getting it out of his system now. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of the shooting, I just, I felt like it just it, like it looked different. Someone on Twitter said he was kind of slingshotting it less, which I suppose is an accurate description of it. It, it, it was, it's his guide hand. Like it just looked like he was removing it a little bit quicker. Um, so obviously we need Ryan on here to give us the official diagnosis, but it just, it looked a little bit different. So I don't know if he, you know, maybe tried to change something in the off season and maybe he's working through some kinks. Obviously, he's going to need to shoot better. And, you know, speaking of shooting better, Josh Newkirk was three for four from downtown. Curtis Jones was two for four from downtown, which was nice to see. And we will talk about those guys more coming up. 
But what I want to hit next, Andy, is another moment that I considered for the banner moment. And I have to tell you, I was so excited to see this. Uh, I wasn't excited to see the play, but I was excited to see the results of the play. And so this was in the second half. It was early. And Indiana, you know, kind of sluggish to start the second half, really. And so Deron Davis commits this awful turnover. Uh, he's got the ball up past the three-point line, just makes this really lazy pass. Marion takes it, scores a, a wide-open bucket. I mean, it's the kind of turnover that we saw over and over, you know, last I'm year. Not, uh, I'm not familiar with what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, okay, but here's the thing that that here's the thing that we didn't see. All right, at the first dead ball, Duran got taken out of the game. So and and it was it was so early in the second half. It's not like he was being removed because he was tired. He was being removed because he made a really bad turnover, and he sat the bench for four or five minutes. And when he came back in, he played much better. You know, he had some really nice Deron Davis moments, scored a bucket down low, had a nice pass to find Curtis Jones for three, didn't turn the ball over. And it was so nice to see a consequence for a really bad play and then a guy responding to sit in his butt on the bench. And this is something that we've all asked for a lot the past few seasons. We obviously didn't get it as much as we wanted to or as much as we should have. So I just want to give a hat tip to Archie for pulling a guy after a bad turnover. And, I mean, look, the first time out, I think Ken Bykoff tweeted that in last year's first exhibition, Indiana turned it over 18 times. And you expect some turnovers in your first time out, whether it's because of jitters or just getting used to each other. And seeing Indiana come out and only turn the ball over 10 times, and I think six of those were from freshmen, uh, or five of those were from freshmen, Justin Smith and Clifton Moore, that's a really, really good sign. Again, the defense looked better. The turnovers immediately looked better. It's only 40 minutes against an exhibition opponent, but that's really encouraging to me. And again, the fact that there was actual accountability suggests that that is something that will continue. Yeah, no, I, I, I just watching him on the sidelines get angry at, at stupid plays, quite honestly, was uh, was welcome a welcome thing to see. And I think everybody knows this. Multiple people mentioned that on Twitter. And um, look, you know, it, if you see guys respond to that, I think it's it's only going to continue to happen. And even at points late in the game, when the game is completely out of reach, just to see some of that was uh, was a, a sight for sore eyes in some regards. So I think, you know, I, I think that's I think that's working. And I think, quite honestly, um, y- you feel good about what what they were able to accomplish defensively so far, even early. Again, it's it's an exhibition opponent and things like that. But I do think you saw a lot of good things there, and I think. You'd be hard pressed to say that isn't the result of some of that same kind of, uh, you know, consequence and and really being hard on guys, expecting a lot from them, uh, as he did there. And the turnovers, uh, you know, showed that as well, uh, as you mentioned. I mean, I think Justin Smith committed three within about a minute. I mean, and if you take that, yeah. obviously you can't take that minute away. But I mean, that's seven turnovers for the game, and, and two of the others came in the last five minutes when you had, you know, weird lineup combinations on. But for the really for the balance of the game, when you had the guys that we we're expecting to play the majority of the minutes there weren't a lot of turnovers. There weren't a lot of silly plays. There were, it was a lot more of guys trying to make the simple play, which I think is what's been preached. And, um, you know, Duran had one that they didn't, they didn't do what he needed to do. And, um, and, and like you said, I thought he responded well, cause I thought he played, that was kind of his best stretch of the game when he came back in after that. Yep. No question about it. All right. Coming up on the assembly call, I will point out tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. Uh, and we will go inside the numbers as well and pick up the rest of the storylines from Indiana's first time out against another opponent this year. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Hey, just a real quick note here. The next time that you are going to shop online for IU gear, 
use the URL iustore.shop. That will take you to the official IU online store where they have anything you could possibly want. Candy stripe pants, the script Indiana warm-up shirt, all kinds of IU gear. And that URL, iustore.shop, is actually our affiliate URL. So when you use it and buy something, we get paid a commission. So it's a great way for you to shop for the IU gear that you need and to support the assembly call at the same time. Again, the URL is iustore.shop. Please bookmark it and use it the next time you're looking to buy IU gear. We appreciate it. Now back to the show. All righty, you are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms, and we are breaking down Indiana's exhibition victory over Marion. And before we dive into tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed, I do want to make a quick mention of our current donation drive. Uh, and so I talked about this on Thursday night, and if you're on our email list, you got emails about this, but it started on Thursday, and it goes until next Friday, November 3rd. And our goal was to raise $4,000, money that helps us cover our operating costs and money that will help us you know, pay for our trip to go up to Bloomington later this year. And we are, what, less than 72 hours past it starting, and we've already hit our goal. <laughs> so I was going to use this space to, you know, obviously request your help. And obviously, we, we would still love your help if you're willing to give it. Uh, and assemblycall.com slash donate is where we do have uh, the the donation options there. But I think it's now best to use this spot really just to say thank you because you all are amazing. And the fact that you come through like you do time after time to support us and to show us that you appreciate the content that we're putting out and your enthusiasm for what we do, it means a ton. And we love watching IU basketball. We love doing this show, but it's really become about something more for us. And, and that what makes it extra special is just that relationship with you, the audience, and, and again, how you show us that support. So on behalf of Ryan, I know he's not here, but he wanted to express his gratitude as well. Uh, and Andy, obviously you're here, so you can, you can express it yourself, but just, I just want to say thank you because it really blows us away every time we open it up for your support and you just surpass our wildest expectations every time. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, as always, Jared probably said it better than I will, but, uh, but truly thank you. It's, uh, you know, we try to kind of write back when we hear from people and, uh, I know Jared probably doesn't pass along every single one that he gets, but a lot of cool stories and a lot of cool, uh, you know, ways people have found the show and, and, and how they listen to it and where they listen to it have been, uh, really, really exciting for us to do and kind of help understand a little bit of the reach that, that goes far beyond the, you know, the three of us when this really got started. So, uh, appreciate your support. Certainly wouldn't be doing this for what, I don't even know what number of season this is, but, uh, uh, it's our seventh, know, I think our seventh, seventh, all right, yeah. seventh. Yeah. All right. So certainly wouldn't, wouldn't have, uh, made it this far without everybody, uh, both just general encouragement. And obviously the, the monetary support is nice icing on the cake to that, but, uh, but really appreciate everybody for, for listening, passing along, sharing with friends. And, uh, and I think it's certainly, as we've seen already, even, uh, from some of the numbers that we've we've seen from talking about a scrimmage, for heaven's sakes, uh, I think we, <laughs> we there, there's there's no doubt that enthusiasm is at a high, and I think tonight's game did very little to pour cold water on that for sure. 
I'm pretty sure we have more people watching live right now after an exhibition game than we had at any point last year, which I think is a sign of just growth and enthusiasm for the program. So so let's give you what you came here for, which is analysis of IU basketball. And let's let's dive into our meaningful moment that you might have missed. And so I didn't talk a lot about Devontae Green in the opening because I was saving some of my discussion for right now. You know, look, there's, there's a lot of excitement. This was a fun game. Indiana wins by 31 going away. You know, a lot of good things. The reality is that this Marion team is a team that a really good Indiana team probably would have taken control of early and dominated more than this Indiana team did. I mean, the final score looks nice, but you know, for a while there, Indiana was just kind of firmly in control, but not dominating. And I think that's a, that's okay, given kind of what our expectations are for this team. And I think the patience that we're going to need early, I don't think we expected this team to come out and look like the, 20, the 2013 Hoosiers right off the bat with all the continuity that they had. So I really thought that there were there was a moment in the first half and a moment in the second half that was driven by Devontae Green, as I said, the catalyst, that were really important. So if we go back to the first half, at the 11-minute mark, I believe uh, Marion was up 18 to 12 or something like that. And so Indiana went on a 9-0 run, and they never trailed again. And Devontae is the guy who ignited that run. So at about the 11-minute mark, I think he came off a screen, and he hit a long two. And on the very next possession, he had a nice defensive possession. He grabbed a rebound. He pushed it. Uh, and I think he found Freddie McSwain uh, for a dunk. Uh, I have to look at my notes to see exactly who it was. Yeah, he, he passed it yeah, to Freddie for a bucket. And so it's 9 nothing or a 9 nothing run. And I wrote in my notes, will Indiana trail again? And they wouldn't. And it was just, it was that quick strike ability that Devontae brought and that energy that just, you know, kind of his confidence and assertiveness. And obviously tonight, his shot making was so important. So that was really important because it gave Indiana control in the first half. And then they were able to extend the lead. In the second half, you know, Indiana, what did Indiana lead by 12 at halftime, 40 to 28, came out and, you know, kind of exchanged some buckets with Marion and Marion cut it down to eight uh, in in the uh, there early in the second half. And boom, right there when it's 42 to 34, Devontae scores five straight. Hits a two, hits a three. That pushes Indiana's lead back out. And from there, they would extend it even more. But I thought those two sequences were important because at both stages, Indiana had kind of stagnated a little bit. They needed someone to make a play. And Devontae Green is the guy who stepped up and made the play and really got Indiana going. And if, you know, that may be a role that he really fills this year. And, and he did it some last year. You know, we saw the, the big plays from him, the excitement last year. That wasn't lacking. It was the consistency. And so, again, if he can be consistent and if he can be that igniter like he was tonight, that's going to be huge for Indiana. And so those two moments really stood out to me because of what they meant for the flow of the rest of the halves for Devontae's teammates. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I think what you said about him mentioning his confidence, uh, you know, we we can talk a lot about what this team will miss from the guys that left. And they're certainly scoring and rebounding and all those all those kinds of things. Um, but the guys that that left in large part were some of, I guess, the more confident on the team who had confidence in themselves, who their teammates had confidence in, um, you know, to, to get baskets at key times. And and while we can kind of point to guys where, yeah, maybe this guy can score a few more points and, and this guy could grab a few extra rebounds. I think that's one area that this team is going to need uh, to be able to have a guy who uh, is confident and and maybe even irrationally confident at sometimes, um, and I think he he can really be that guy. But as you said, I mean, there were stretches where he just 
you know, took over the game, whether it was, you know, there's another stretch here I'm looking at where he hit a three, um, then he made a layup, then, you know, Newkirk made a three that he assisted on, then Deron Davis made a dunk that he assisted on, and it was, you know, then Clifton Moore made a dunk that he assisted on. So, I mean, within that time, I mean, he he accounted for, you know, scoring or assisting on so many key baskets, and I think, you know, him being confident rubs off on some of the other guys on the team, and the fact that he was able to score in different ways and be able to make threes, hit that, um, you know, that mid-range jumper off the, off of a curl, but could also get to the basket. You know, Bielfeld talked about how well he could finish with his right hand once he really got going downhill. Um, that opened up so many things for for other guys, um, and I think for as well as Josh Newkirk played toward the end of the season uh, last year, and as well as he played in in large stretches tonight. You know, I don't know that you ever felt the like that confidence that you said. I just keep going back to that from him. I think he was playing well and happy to be playing well, but I don't, you know, there's just kind of a, a little bit of something different that maybe you can't quite put your finger on. And and, and what I really liked, uh, another thing that Bielfeld said uh, during the game was, you know, those guys kind of, you know, high-fiving on the way back and really playing well together. And I think that's another good sign when you think about that for the team. That was, you know, if I was thinking of a moment that may have, have gone a little bit unnoticed, that was, you know, him kind of mentioning that. Um, you never got the feeling last year that these guys really enjoyed playing with each other all that much. Uh, and and here you've got two guys who are essentially competing for the same role. You know, Newkirk, who everybody thinks is kind of the incumbent point guard, and, and Devontae maybe taking that, and to see them, you know, really enjoying each other's success. And, and for tonight, playing well together uh, a lot, hopefully speaks, uh, you know, quite a bit to the chemistry on this team and, and maybe some of the – you know, those intangible things become a little bit more important than, than some of the you know, raw numbers that they lost. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, another moment that really stood out to me, it, this happened actually later in the game, uh, and it was Curtis Jones. And so Indiana's up 31. There's like two minutes left, and he's out there just busting his rump, playing defense, trying to deny a pass 35 feet from the basket. And he got called for a foul, I think. But just seeing him, and I, look, I just, I thought it was indicative of, a new Curtis Jones that we saw out there tonight. A guy who, look, we saw the potential in the Kansas game last year, and then we waited the rest of the year for Kansas Curtis Jones to, to, you know, to come back. And he just never seemed to get comfortable. It never really seemed like he knew what his role was. You know, his shot was off. He had no confidence. And, you know, I thought we saw a great sequence from him in the first half that really showed what he can do. And it was several possessions after the, the Devontae Green sequence that I mentioned earlier. And, you know, Curtis was kind of feeding off that energy, uh, but he was, you know, playing good defense. He forced a bad shot. Then he ran the floor and he did a really nice job. Robert Johnson drove in and Curtis did a really nice job of filling his spot on the wing. And Robert found him and Curtis drained the open three pointer. And I just thought he looked like a different player. He looked, again, like he knew what he was doing, like he was comfortable out there. Uh, you know, he was four of seven from the field. He was two of four from downtown. Like I mentioned, he hit all three of his free throws, you know, had three rebounds. He didn't turn the ball over. And I thought from a defensive standpoint, you know, every time that I watched him, he just looked to be in the right place. And he looked to be really playing with an effort and an energy that we saw at times last year, you know, like I distinctly remember him playing like that in the Michigan State game, but other times you wouldn't see. And so I'm really hopeful that what we're seeing from Devontae and Curtis are two guys who really just got lost in the shuffle last year, got a fresh start with a new coach, and they're really taking advantage of it. And their coach is giving them roles that they know and feel comfortable filling. And it was so nice to see that from him. And hopefully that something continues because 
he's going to be a guy who's going to have to score. And if there are games, especially like tonight, where Robert Johnson only gets six and Jawan Morgan only gets six, then Curtis Jones is going to have to come in off the bench and get double figures for Indiana to compete. That's what he did tonight. And if he can be that guy consistently, now you raise the ceiling on what this IU team can be. So it was a nice first time out for Curtis Jones. And I don't think it was any uh, coincidence that he was second on the team in plus minus in his 23 minutes. You know, one of the things we talked about on Thursday night was, uh, with him in particular was was kind of the lack of I guess kind of wing slashers, those kinds of guys on this team, and that was a role that you, you'd like to think that he could, uh, you know, help step step up and fill in. And I thought he did a nice job of that. I mean, he had a really nice drive. I think it was in the first half where he he really got going to the basket, and that's something I'd really like to see more of him. So you know, he made a couple two pointers, uh, also shot the ball well from the outside. But I mean, I would agree with what you said, just the effort. But I think he just showed a, a better all-around game for for one night um, than what we saw last year. And I think this, you know, it's kind of, you know, you, there's a lot of things you can kind of throw away from these exhibition games and probably a lot of things you can overreact to as well. But at, at the very least, hey, no matter we, what We you, have 60 minutes of a post-game show, Phil. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this is all valuable content. Nobody should turn this off, obviously. But, um, you, you know, but I think what it gives us is at least a baseline for these guys. And then you can start to see and, and build off of it from there. And so I thought it was a really good first performance from tonight. Uh, much like Devontae built off of a, a pretty good performance in the scrimmage. Um, and, and so, you know, for him, I thought being able to see him score in different ways was really important and something they're going to need for him to do. Because, again, if you start thinking about when when the team really turned it on offensively tonight, it was when they started attacking the baskets more. And and he's a guy that's got good length and can really finish, uh, should be able to finish with that length around the basket. And so if, if he can get to, you know, balancing his game out a little bit differently than uh, at least how I felt he did last year, then I think that's a good thing for him. And tonight was a good first step there. Let's go inside the numbers here real quick, Andy. Uh, and I'm curious what numbers jump out to you. I know looking at the box score, you know, some of the things that we have talked about as things that we wanted to see, you know, for example, Josh Newkirk, you know, what would his free throw rate be? And because, you know, Archie Miller has always been a guy that his guards, especially his lead guards have had really good free throw rates. Well, tonight, Josh Newkirk, on five field goals, ended up ends up taking six free throws. And, it, you know, Josh didn't, again, create for a lot of other guys. He only had one assist, but was extremely efficient as a scorer tonight. And that's really key, especially if Devontae Green is going to take over more of those lead guard responsibilities, then Josh Newkirk needs to be a scorer. And, you know, we saw him do that tonight. And I think being able to get six free throws on, on only five field goal attempts was really nice to see. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me, you know, Deron Davis, and we probably need to dive into him a little bit more later, you know, but we saw him continue to get offense on putbacks. He was really adept at this last year. Uh, his first four points tonight came on offensive rebound putbacks. And then, you know, he only played 19 minutes. And I think, you know, and some of that, again, was because he got taken out because of the turnover. So I think this probably would have been a game where he played 22, 23 minutes, but only one personal foul. And, you know, Marion does not I don't think they had anybody over six, seven. So this is not a game where he was going to really be challenged down low. But again, you're just you're looking for, you know, reversals of bad trends from last year. And so him only having one personal foul in 19 minutes, uh, I thought was something nice to see. What else jumped out to you on the stat sheet in in a game like this where, again, like we said, you can't take a lot seriously, but was there anything that that you do see that is important? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it is, we've touched on a lot of them. I think the turnover, you know, turnover percentage was, was obviously really good. I think free throw rate for, as a team was probably in the, in the forties, uh, which was pretty good. You had 27 free throws on, on 61, uh, field goal attempts. I thought that was a positive 40 points in the paint. Uh, again, based on that size advantage is, is what you would expect and, and really like to see, uh, from that perspective. So I think those were, uh, those were positive numbers. Eight block shots kind of stood out to me, and and not necessarily even the block shots. And in some cases, who got them? You know, Devonte Green had a couple. Uh, Curtis Jones had one. By the way, that um, that Clifton Moore block shot where he recovered from out of nowhere to block yeah. a shot was pretty tantalizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Deron Davis only had one, but I thought he was going to put it through the backboard uh, <laughs> or through the floor as he came down. And and you know, Freddie McSwain had a couple. So I thought those were you know good good signs of defensive activity, the ability to rotate and, and some of those kinds of things. So if you really want to, uh, you know, potentially read too much into it, I think that was there. And, and it, you know, something that I, I think we may need to, uh, I guess maybe get, I don't know if we need to get used to this, you know, only eight fast break points. Um, I, I thought that was, you know, again, we're going to start to look for signs as to how, you know, an Archie Miller team is going to play a little bit different than a, a Tom Crean team. Um, so yeah, the fast break points was, was pretty low on both sides. So that was, you know, that was one, but, um, you know, overall, I think that the defensive numbers are solid 0.85 points per possession they gave up. And really a lot of that came late. Um, there was a really long stretch. They gave up 13 points before the first TV timeout and then 15, the rest of the half. And then I think Marion only had 40, a good, I want to say about 12 minutes into the second half. Um, and you know, things unraveled a little bit from there, but that was a, a really strong stretch of, uh, uh, of defense during that. So, you know, I think the things, you know, if, if the things everybody really wanted to see were defense and turnovers, um, you, you probably got a hard time being too upset about the results of either one of those from a, a statistical standpoint, or even just from an, an eye test. Yeah. All righty. Coming up on the assembly call, we hand out our game balls and continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over Marion. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. You are listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. I'm Jared Morris here with the great Andy Bottoms, breaking down Indiana's exhibition victory over Marion. You know, Andy, look, these exhibition games are also kind of for us to work out the kinks. And I'm kind of realizing now that if we put game balls here in the third segment, it's kind of anticlimactic because we know we're going to talk about Devontae Green and probably the lead stories that we've already talked about. So we may need to reshuffle the show. And that's why we do shows for exhibition games. We have kinks to work out, you know, just like anybody else. So maybe maybe we'll reshuffle this. But I will give you the floor to give your game ball first. And I think I probably know where you're going with this. So feel free to get creative and explore the yeah. studio space a little bit. <laughs> so Robert Johnson is going to be... No, <laughs> That'd be great if just every game over the, his senior season, just regardless of what happened in the game, we just find, a way, man. Just find a way, man. Find a way. Find a way. No, I I think you'd be hard pressed to give it to anybody, but Devontae Green. I, I do think that uh, if I had to pick somebody else, I, I'd probably pick Curtis Jones. I thought he played really well. Um, but no, I, I think Devontae just as you said during key stretches when when the tide turned in IU's favor, he was right at the center of that. Uh, and I think any any kind of memorable stretch of the game, for one reason or another, he was the center of from from my perspective. So uh, hopefully a good good building block for him. Bielfeld was even calling for him to potentially lead the team in points scored. So uh, we'll see if that happens or not. But uh, I you know I'd be hard pressed to find somebody else to give it to besides him tonight. 
Yeah, I know, you know, I gave mine to Archie Miller after the scrimmage and, you know, look, I'm, I'm giving it to him again for just the defensive improvement that I think we saw in terms of mentality and just general awareness on defense. I think for the turnover focus, that was really nice. Um, you know, but I, I think I want to give my game ball. I want to give a shared game ball to Josh Newkirk and Robert Johnson. Uh, and, you know, again, Josh had a better offensive night than than Robert did. We've broken down those two guys. But the fact that turnovers is such a big key for this team and you're looking to your older players to lead and to lead by example. And the fact that those guys who played so out of control at times last year played 52 minutes and did not turn the ball over. I think that's outstanding because I do think that, you know, turnovers you can look at in a game like this and take something from. Because, look, Indiana, as I said, I mentioned the stat that Ken Bykoff tweeted that Indiana turned it over 18 times in their exhibition game last year. And what did they do the rest of the season? They turned the ball over. Unforced turnovers. It wouldn't have mattered if you, me, and Ryan were the ones playing defense sometimes. Indiana would have just turned it over because they played too fast, threw the ball out of bounds, were kind of careless. And we did see a couple of those tonight, you know, from Duran and, and Justin Smith had that one. But for your senior leaders to go out and lead by example like that and not turn the ball over, especially when they've been guys where that's been a big problem, I thought that was really big. So those two guys uh, get my game ball for that. Uh, all right, Andy, we've got some other guys that we need to discuss here. And one guy that I want to talk about, because, you know, he's obviously a... a, a a big curiosity, a big person of interest. Everybody was tweeting me, why hasn't he played yet? Uh, so perhaps it's fitting that we waited until, you know, kind of uh, into the second half of our show to talk about him because he didn't play until the second half tonight. And that was Clifton Moore. And, you know, so I think in an exhibition game, you can kind of take a little bit away from Clifton Moore's first time out there in a real game. And I think what you saw tonight from Clifton Moore, who played 11 minutes, he scored five points. He had five rebounds. Uh, you know, only had one turnover, had that really nice block that I mentioned. I think you saw a lot of the kind of the good and the bad from Clifton Moore. And you saw a lot of the reason why he's so tantalizing uh, and also some of the reason why you need to be patient with him. Um, you know, I thought uh, offensively, he showed some really nice instincts getting uh, a couple of offensive rebounds. Uh, he showed you some of the smoothness that he has. I thought, you know, the turnaround jumper, he banked it in. Uh, but it was still nice to see and nice to see so not, quite, confidently not quite Jeremiah look, April level. Look, all I'm going to say is this. All right. That we talk a lot about the Jeremiah April turnaround jump shot against Mississippi Valley State. It's a it's a classic shot here on the assembly call for those of you who are new. All I'm going to say is this. The Clifton Moore banked in turnaround jumper is presaging a heck of a lot more production than Jeremiah April's did. All right. Because you can see it with Clifton Moore. But you also saw him, you know, get taken to the basket. He's got to get better as a perimeter defender. And you saw him, you know, a couple times on offense, just kind of go a little bit too fast and be a little bit out of position. But again, overall, I think you saw a lot of the reasons why people are so excited about him. And I think it will be interesting as we move forward. You know, does he practice well enough to keep earning minutes in games? And when he gets in there, is he able to produce? Because tonight he did. Look, you get in and get five points and five boards in 11 minutes. That's good production. So I was overall impressed by what I saw uh, from him. But I think, you know, same thing with Justin Smith. You know, he had nine points, a couple of boards. I thought had some really nice moments defensively, made all five of his free throws. But, you know, four fouls and four turnovers. You saw some good, you saw some bad. You're going to get that from freshmen. Uh, but overall, I was impressed with those two guys. And I think they showed that they can be contributors uh, this year. What did you think of the, the two freshmen in particular? Yeah, I was I was definitely surprised that Moore didn't play as much till later. Although, you know, from everything Archie said, he wants to have a pretty short rotation. And I thought really for the most part tonight that was the case. Uh, you know, certainly Hartman and, and Al Durham being out 
played some factor in that. Uh, obviously, Hartman more than the other. But um, yeah, I thought Clifton played pretty well when once he got in. Um, you know, it's a little bit, and I thought Duran for some of the same reasons. You're playing against a team that is is really small, so while you can uh, figure out some good things that you're able to do on the offensive end, I think defensively it was a little bit hard to figure out for them how they really needed to play. Um, so I thought, as you said, you know, Clifton in those situations didn't didn't play all that well. But again, from a rebounding standpoint on a team that doesn't have a ton of size, uh, I thought to come out and grab five rebounds in in you know nine eleven minutes. Uh, no matter what you're thinking is pretty good. And I think instinctually, you know, he did a good job as you you talked about that block. I think that was a good result of just, you know, kind of being able to read the play and understand what was going to happen. I think the, the rebounding was a factor of that as well. Um, so I thought overall a, a good start for him. And I think, it, it, you know, if tonight's any indication, a guy who's going to be eased in uh, perhaps a little bit more than Smith, who who was one of the first guys off the bench. Um, and I thought he he came in and I think almost immediately scored a basket off of a pass from, I think, Robert Johnson, if I'm remembering the play correctly. Yeah, he did. They, they set up a play for him, and he made a nice cut to the basket and was found and, and made the bucket. It was nice. Yeah, so I think, I mean, he had that one stretch where he committed, like I said, committed you know three turnovers in a pretty short period of time. He got to the free throw line five times, knocked them all down. Uh, and, and obviously the fouls, I think, are, are going to be a potential problem more for the team, I guess, less so for him as a guy who's likely not to get a, a ton of minutes. But uh, I he thought he looks could... like a player, though. You know, like some guys, yeah. you can just tell they belong, and he looked like he belonged out there. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. Yeah, I, definitely. I, I'd say certainly of the two, if you compare, I mean, he just kind of fit seamlessly into what they were doing. And uh, again, neither one of them is going to be a guy who a, a ton is going to be asked of early. And so uh, I think Smith by either you know i think both of them kind of the same thing go out and get rebounds um play some defense you can be a good complimentary piece to, to pretty much anybody who's out there so i was yeah i thought they i thought they both played well i thought um you know you kind of take away a, a couple rough stretches for smith i thought he played really well uh in, in playing you know maybe the you know seven about seven most minutes uh of anybody and and so i think he's a guy we're going to see uh, a lot of because I think eventually as they get him, you know, more more comfortable defensively, a guy who can switch and play some different positions defensively. And he would have been a step lower in the rotation of Colin Hartman had played, you know, so that's probably yep, one of the reasons absolutely. why he was out there so quickly. But again, I think it shows that he's he's part of the, the early season plans. Also, I'm and seeing good, I'm, and good insurance in that regard, quite frankly, for yeah. for a guy who, you know, who has, you know, as much as we'd love to see Colin out there, a guy who has struggled with injuries. So I think good for him to get some of these minutes now as opposed to having to be thrust into the season later on without having gotten a lot of time. Also, I'm seeing on Twitter that uh, Devontae Green's brother, Danny, who plays for the Spurs, was in attendance tonight. So if that's what it takes, I mean, can we just figure out a way to get Danny in the building every single game? Uh, he certainly, <laughs> Devontae certainly put on a good show for his brother tonight, that's for sure. Uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms, breaking down Indiana's victory over Marion. Andy, let's talk about Jawan Morgan. Probably not a good sign that it's taken us 40 minutes to talk about Jawan Morgan, given how important he is to this team. Uh, but, you know, as always with these exhibition games, coming out of them healthy is the most important thing. And there was a moment in the first half where Juwan went down, you know, battling for a loose ball. And I held my breath until he got up. Uh, I don't know if that's all did. stop <laughs> Juwan. But, you know, you just you want to see him get up. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, when, when Archie Miller talked about responsibility for production, he was talking specifically about Juwan Morgan. And tonight wasn't really a night where Juwan produced. You know, he only played 17 minutes. He had six points. He had four boards, a couple of assists. I thought, as he did in the scrimmage, 
you know, tonight he really came out shot hunting and it's like he was really determined to get out there and shoot some threes. And whether he's trying to prove it to himself or the coaches or somebody, he really looks for his shot early in these games out there. And look, I thought early it looked confident. Uh, you know, he took three pretty quick shots. He missed one. He made one. He missed one. And the last one, you know, was probably the most egregious of the three in terms of shot selection. Uh, and then, and those were the only three threes that he took. I thought, you know, to his credit, he really tried to get inside more and do some more, you know, hashtag Juwan Morgan things instead of just shooting threes. Um, but overall a game that I think, you know, leaves you wanting a little bit more. And so I think if there's, there's not a lot of negatives to take out of a 31 point victory, but I just thought kind of a weird night for him only, you know, not playing as many minutes, kind of struggling to get himself into the flow. And he's obviously going to have to be better. He and Robert Johnson together are going to have to score more than 12 points for Indiana to beat most good teams. So I think if you're walking out of this, you know, you don't want to really be too concerned about anything. Uh, but I'd kind of like to see Juwan come out and have a little bit better game the next time out just to make me feel a little bit better that he's ready for prime time because he's got to be a prime time player for this team this year. Yeah, the the three point thing, it, as you said, between the the scrimmage and this was a little bit odd to me that he shot those all so quickly, and and you know he did make the one from that uh, on that Robert Johnson kickout that I alluded to earlier, and but yeah, I mean he's a guy who the, the other thing they talked about with him though, you know, you talked about the responsibility of production. They also talked a lot with him about really being aggressive and going to the basket, and. And you just haven't seen that enough uh, from him, and, and particularly as a guy who was given the opportunity to have the ball in his hands a lot uh, under the you know under the Crean coaching staff, and, and really letting him initiate some offense. While we don't expect that to happen here, um, he does have enough skills to put the ball on the floor and really get to the basket. So, um, yeah, his efficiency yeah. in the half court last year was really good. You know, yeah. So I I don't know I'm probably too early to to worry and maybe just trying to work some things out in these exhibition games and the scrimmage and uh, and all that but I definitely like to see him make a more concerted effort to you know kind of take the ball inside drive the ball to the basket and uh you know maybe work his way inside out uh, not unlike the recruiting strategy right I mean they, we should use that for everything inside out there you go um. All right, a couple other observations. Uh, Freddie McSwain came in, had four points. You know, he did Freddie McSwain things. He had four rebounds. I thought, you know, Max Bielfeld made a really good point. There was one rebound that Freddie didn't get, but just because he was flying in there and kind of active, he knocked kind of the Marion guy away and he didn't get it. So Indiana was able to get that. I think they might have scored a bucket uh, on that play. And so, you know, to Freddie's credit, he also didn't turn it over. So again, you know, you look at your seniors, the guys who kind of need to be setting the tone. None of those guys turned the ball over. And I thought that was really good. And that's what you want to see from Freddie. You know, he had a couple of blocks. And if he can do that in his 15 minutes, get four points on only one field goal attempt and four rebounds, that's what you're looking for and not turn the ball over. So I thought a good night from Freddie, given what you need to get out of him uh, as a player. And then, look, I tweeted something tonight that I'm fairly certain I won't tweet ever again all season. Uh, and that was Prillard McRoberts for the dunk. <laughs> and, you know, look, it was, to their credit, it was a really nice play. I mean, Zach made a really nice cut. Tim made a really nice pass, and they found each other. Uh, and so that was nice to see, you know, kind of a, you know, a throwaway garbage time type play. Uh, but it was nice to see from those two guys. Uh, and I think, you know, look, Zach McRoberts got some minutes. He got eight minutes in there and played, you know, before the game got out of hand. Uh, Tim did not come in until the game got out of hand. And so I think maybe any thought that he had kind of, you know, worked his way into the rotation for, you know, a few minutes here or there, it didn't look like it tonight. And, and 
probably not a surprise to anybody, um, but just something you can kind of take from this exhibition game, you know, that he didn't get in there in, kind of until the end. Um, but those are just a few other observations. Andy, anything, uh, anything else jumping out to you from an individual player's perspective? No, I mean, I, yeah, Freddie, if, if he comes out and plays, I, I don't know how many nights he's going to play 15 minutes, but if he gives you four points, four rebounds, two blocks and, and no turnovers, I'm, I'm, I'll sign up for that on, uh, on pretty much any game. So I thought he, I mean, he just did exactly what, as you start thinking about role he could fill, he did exactly what you'd expect. Um, you know, the only other guy that we really didn't talk a ton about was Duran. I was just um, thinking that. Let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then let's talk about Duran on the other side. Of all right. It. You're all right. right. We, need, we need to dive into him a little bit more. All right, so coming up on our final segment of the Assembly Call, we are going to talk more about Duran Davis and then deliver our final thoughts on Indiana's exhibition victory over Marion. That is next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms, and we are wrapping up our breakdown of Indiana's 93-62 to victory over Marion in the Hoosiers' first exhibition game. Uh, and Andy, you are right. We, we've mentioned Deron Davis a couple of times, but we haven't really kind of dove into his night. Uh, and he's another player who's really important for Indiana. So let's, let's dive in. What were your overall observations on Deron Davis's game tonight? I thought it was a little shaky at the beginning, but I thought settled in, and in particular the stretch you mentioned earlier after he got taken out for that uh, for the turnover. I thought he played really well uh, coming back in from that, and and again showed that knack for those putbacks. Was five of seven from the field. You'd like to see him get to the free throw line, um, but uh, you know I think from a, a shot standpoint, those kinds of things, I think it was good. Uh, a little bit challenging, I think, for him to play defensively against a team that doesn't really have a a true big man. Um, so there were a couple of times that I think you know they tried to kind of pull him away from the basket, and and he's you know probably still even though he's more mobile than he was a year ago, uh, I still think he's going to struggle a little bit in those situations defensively. But I thought a solid uh, a solid performance after a, kind of a slow start. Yeah, and like we mentioned, I was really impressed that he came back. Uh, and, you know, this is actually something now that we've seen from him twice in the scrimmage and tonight, because if you remember, his really good sequence in the scrimmage came after that really, really terrible decision to take Curtis Jones out or not protect Curtis Jones on that breakaway. And Archie talked to him and he came in after that and really responded and played some of his best basketball. Same thing tonight. And so kind of this theme of, of I think, coachability from Duran and an ability to really respond, you know, when when it's kind of put to him. I think that's a good thing. Uh, you know, I think. You know, when you look at what Duran did really well last year, and, and again, we talked about how he got a lot of his offense on putbacks. We also talked about how good he was as a passer out of the post. And we saw an example of that tonight when he found Curtis Jones for the three-pointer. And we saw an example of what can really just be just kind of magical Deron Davis footwork. Uh, you know, when he had that great post move uh, down on the left block, had the up and under, it was a really, really nice play. And I think, you know, sometimes you see that you know, and you see Duran go five of seven from the field, which is obviously really efficient. And you think, you know, we got to get him the ball more. And part of that is obviously Duran being on the court more. You know, he only played 19 minutes and being able to fight for position and, and really do something when he gets it. But it's also his teammates being able to get him the ball. And I thought we saw, you know, Indiana struggle a little bit to get him the ball, uh, you know, make good post entries. I thought, uh, you know, Newkirk had one in particular. Devontae had a couple. But that's going to be the other thing is, you know, can Indiana get him the ball? Because that's been something that obviously hasn't been great uh, for the program. 
But, you know, I think, you know, Drawn with 10 points, four rebounds, did have a couple of, of offensive rebounds. And again, I thought the one, only the one personal foul was a good thing. So tough to gauge too much because, as you said, Marion didn't have a lot to challenge him. But I, again, I continue to be impressed by his ability to respond to challenges inside of a game and come back and play really well. I thought that was really nice to see. Um, so some positives to take from this game. Although I have to admit, this is a game I was kind of hoping he would dominate a little bit more given the lack of what Marion had inside. But, you know, again, you don't want to quibble too much uh, because it is just kind of an exhibition environment. All right. So the Hoosiers win 93 to 62. Uh, did we mention that Marion only had 0.85 points per possession? Because I think that's a, that, that's another number that's really good. And also that Indiana forced 16 turnovers uh, and scored 20 points off those turnovers, all which are uh, which are good numbers. Uh, what else, Andy? Anything else? Uh, I, you know, I guess the one thing I'm curious to ask you about from a defensive perspective, you know, what did you think of, you know, kind of seeing the new defense out there? Because, you know, we saw one of the things that we didn't see was a lot of Marion guys driving by Hoosiers. And again, they don't, obviously they're not as athletic as Indiana's players, so you wouldn't expect them to do that. But you didn't see as many of the just egregious breakdowns where you're slapping your head like, okay, they just got another wide open layup. How did that happen? So the defense seemed more solid. You did see, you know, Marion get some open three-point opportunities. They took 22 threes. Uh, and I think you're going to see some of that with the pack line. It will be interesting once Indiana starts scouting more. And Archie was very clear that, you know, they're not putting in any scouting reports for Marion. They're just working on what they work on. And, you know, the pack line is designed to, you know, really, you know, contain the dribblers a little bit more, not make it as easy for guys to just dribble in and you're going to give up some three-pointers that way and some of those came at the end of shot clocks which was nice to see so I, I thought it was interesting just to see the stylistic difference um and i liked it because look it just you could tell marion was a little bit uncomfortable and we have too often played defense where the other team seems way too comfortable and the key to defense the bottom line is you've got to make your opponents uncomfortable and i thought indiana did that some tonight and again just something that was uh, was nice to see the first time out yeah, I, I, I would agree. You know, the number of, I think it was a couple of shot clock violations. There was certainly other shots that really got them down to the end. And I think that was obviously indicative of the fact that, you know, they, they really were able to shut things down, not not give up easy baskets early in the possession. It really made them work. Even when those shots went down, you know, water's going to find its level at some point. And, you know, when the 22% shooter, you know, makes a, a three-pointer or two in the first half, he's probably not in the second half. I think that kind of, uh, you know, bore itself out. But, uh, you know, I think you saw some of the, the principles of that. I mean, one of the big ones is really, you know, help help and recover. Um, so as guys is dribbled in, you know, you'd, you'd see people on the wing uh, try to get inside a little bit and then recover back out to their man. Uh, I thought that was good. I thought some of the uh, the ball screen defense, it was definitely a, a, a more clear approach to to what they were trying to do in terms of, you know, really, really walling them off uh, and, and hedging those screens. So I uh, thought a couple of the guys did a really nice job with that. So I think you just saw some, uh, you know, I thought you saw some good kind of building blocks of, of what you're going to see. And I think there are certainly rotations and, and issues like that at some points where they fell back into old habits, but those seem to, to get fewer and fewer as the game went along. And in the same way that we'll expect those to get fewer and fewer as the season went along. So I thought that was positive. Also no possessions where they switched between man and zone. So that's a, uh, that's a win. Um, feels good. And you didn't have to dust off the, if you're just going to let them drive by you tweet, which in previous years, Twitter has not allowed you to post repeatedly because it says you've already tweeted it. So 
Dude, that's that is the worst, man. That is the worst. You know, the great irony of that, you know, that famous moment in the in the famous Bob Knight locker room speech is he's talking to Greg Graham because Greg Graham is the guy who let the man drive by him. And what happened to Greg Graham as a senior? He became Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. So at some point, that whole notion of Greg Graham letting people drive by him got retired. And I'm hoping I can retire that tweet forever because that was kind of a, a running joke that would get tweeted at least once a game. And it was only once because, again, Twitter wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> like you said, it just happened way too many I just, times. I, so just remember, I just remember one of the times where you're like, I know, I know, I've already tried to say it. <laughs> uh, the other thing about the defense that stood out was the extended ball pressure. It was really nice to see guys out there really challenging dribblers. Again, it's all part of making the offense uncomfortable. And, you know, you see Devontae Green doing it and Curtis Jones and Josh Newkirk and Robert Johnson. That's it's nice to see that. And that's not something that we have uh, that we have always seen. You're listening to the Assembly Call. I am Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms. We are wrapping up. Uh, Andy, obviously, the next game is against the University of Indianapolis. That game is next Sunday, I believe. Do you know anything about them? The only thing I know is I just saw that they were ranked 15th in Division II, so they are a solid program. Uh, obviously, again, it, it's the kind of team, you know, they're going to come in. It's an in-state team. They're going to be excited, and, and they're going to play hard. It's a team that Indiana should control and put away comfortably like they did tonight. Hopefully, they can even do it a little bit earlier uh, than they did tonight, although you know, I don't, I don't know how much better or worse they are than Marion, so I guess that could have an impact there. Uh, but do you know anything about them in terms of a, a quick preview for uh, for that game? No, I no, I do not. <laughs> they, they don't they don't show up on the bracketology spreadsheets. No, if you, no, I don't. Uh, they're they're not quite on my radar just yet. But okay, maybe some, maybe soon. All right. Um, but we have gone almost an hour uh, about an exhibition game, and look, that is what we do here on the assembly call. Uh, so let me kick it over to you for some final thoughts here before we wrap up and move on with our Saturday nights and try not to think about football. Yeah, well, that's certainly a uh, certainly a good thing to do. I started my day watching it snow at a before a soccer game in a soccer tournament, so it's been a uh, it's been an interesting day yeah. for sure. At least you're ending it on a high note. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There were good moments on the uh, on the soccer field as well, so that that was good. But I'll I'll spare everybody that. I think, um, you know, for me, if if you wanted to think about maybe the three most important things that you wanted to see coming into this game, it was one, nobody gets hurt. Two, you see defensive improvement, and three, you see improvement in taking care of the basketball. And I think tonight uh, checked all those boxes by by pretty much any measure. And and so, you know, quite frankly. That, that's if there's anything you can take away from these exhibition games, I feel like that's it. And and tr- really try to hone in on a couple key things. And uh, you know, I think somebody asked us on on Thursday night, you know, what what would you consider a success from this? And I think you know, we probably all landed on some combination of those three things. And and I think if you're using that as the report card, uh, I think IU certainly passed with flying colors tonight. And and again, it gives us a baseline to look at going forward, both individually and and collectively. But I, I thought I thought things played really well. I think everybody. You know, struggled to get started uh, again for as much as you know Hoosier hysteria was. You know, we kind of used the same comments about that. Uh, it's all different. It's the first time for a lot of these guys. It's easy to get those those kinds of jitters. And I thought that once they really settled in uh, during that middle part of the game, from about the 15 minute mark in the first half to probably about the eight minute mark in the second, they really controlled the action on both ends of the floor and played really well. Yeah, it's important to note for any exhibition game. Like, I I couldn't tell you what Indiana did in their exhibition games last year. I have no idea. And so, you know, whatever happened tonight will 
will quickly get buried uh, beneath games that count. But I thought, for me, the biggest takeaway was I was impressed with the work of Indiana's guards tonight. And, and I think one of the reasons why people have had trouble you know, pegging where they think Indiana can be this year and in a lot of cases have been pessimistic about the Hoosiers because I don't think anybody knows what to think of Indiana's guards because Robert Johnson was so up and down last year and ended, you know, playing so poorly. And Josh Newkirk has been a guy who's been kind of up and down. And I don't think a lot of people look at him as a difference maker. And then you don't really know what you have in Devontae Green and Curtis Jones. So I thought for those guys to come out tonight and play like they did, for Devontae Green to show, hey, look, you know, they're – there is a guy here in the backcourt who can really be an igniter, who can be a catalyst, and who can really make things happen. And maybe if he's ready to put you know, some of the bad decisions behind him and be a more consistent playmaker, well, this is something we didn't know this Indiana team had. So that could be a difference. If Curtis Jones is ready to play up to his four-star rating and be a shooter and be a guy who on both ends is playing with confidence and consistency uh, and, and and a guy who seems like he understands his role. Well, that's something different than we saw last year. So that's, you know, a big thing for this team. And if you're getting the kind of leadership from your seniors like Josh Newkirk and Robert Johnson to where when your coach says, look, we're not going to turn the ball over, that is a point of emphasis, and you go out in your 52 minutes and you don't turn it over, that's a good thing. So I thought that you know, from the perspective of the guards and what they showed, it's a big question mark and it continues to be a big question mark because this is only an exhibition game. But that to me is something that I was looking for. And I thought those questions, at least for one night in an exhibition uh, situation, uh, were answered in a positive way. And that's good. It's something to build on. And now we go into, uh, you know, obviously now Indiana has a full week of practice. It's a nice thing about these exhibition games. You get some things on tape uh, that's not against yourself. Uh, and so, you know, you can see that the coaches have a lot of things they can work on to, to correct. And obviously a lot of players had positive moments that they can build on. And now we'll see what kind of progress there is between, uh, tonight and next week, uh, against the university of Indianapolis on Sunday. And, uh, that'll be fun. And we will be here to break it all down for you on another edition of the assembly call IU post game show, as we will be all season long, because, uh, that is just what we do. So that will do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Remember that our live broadcasts immediately following every IU game are always available on our homepage at assemblycall.com and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And you can always catch up on demand anytime with our podcast. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you again on Thursday night for Assembly Call Radio and then Sunday after Indiana's game against the University of Indianapolis. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of the Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support the assembly call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating. And so many of you have donated and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, 
Another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine.